You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but we got to let it breathe just a moment while we bring on Facebook, and then we will dive into tonight's conversation. We have really been looking forward to seeing and chatting with all of you after a couple of days off. And we're good. So welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we said adieu to our community Thursday night. Saturday, Drew Locke has himself a day whilst Teddy becomes the first of the two quarterbacks to violate Vic Fangio's non-fungible sacrosanct rule. Don't turn it over. Teddy with three picks. And after the practice, real quick, Vic says, hey, I'm going to have to look at the tape. Every interception has a story. We'll see. In Teddy's defense, two of them were, were tipped. But still, that's what you call separation in my book, Zach. It's so funny because I, I was listening. I'm not going to name any names, but other podcasts. And it's when Teddy Bridgewater commits a turnover or throws an interception, let alone three, there's crickets, relatively speaking. There's constant excuses, tip passes, drop passes, you know, uh, newness in the offense. If Drew Locke would have done that, though, it's the end of the world. It's, it's chaos. Um, I will say that so far, if, uh, if we're grading individual practices, I think Drew Locke is up three to one. I think Teddy Bridgewater got him on one day, but when you come back, like Drew Locke had a bad practice and he came back by not letting a ball hit the ground. One practice, he couldn't complete a pass. The next practice, he was almost perfect, and he's showing tremendous chemistry with every wide receiver uh, around him. Uh, That's the thing, though. If if Teddy Bridgewater, because Drew is the incumbent, and as long as he doesn't crash on his face, he's going to win the starting job, the only chance that steady Teddy has is to be steady Teddy. But here's the problem with him. If he wants to avoid a turnover by taking a two-yard check down, even Vic Fangio said, I'm, we got to do more than just check it down. we got to do more than have five-yard plays. You have to push the ball down the field. So he's really in a no-win situation. He either tries to lean on the arm strength he doesn't have and the arm talent that's not comparable to Locke, or he checks it down and pisses off Vic Fangio uh, in the process. So I, I, don't, I don't envy his position at all. See, I think there's – a correlation here, right? Remember, I don't believe in coincidence. And after day three, by the way, that was some gnarly thunder out there. Hopefully you guys don't hear that, but can you hear it? It's it's the internet gods, Chad, making their presence no, on dude, the podcast I, this time. I'm, I'm good on the internet. It's the freaking <laughs> storm gods right now, freaking Thor coming in with the lightning and thunder. Um, no, I don't believe in coincidence. After Friday's practice, so that was day three of camp, Vic Fangio dropped that comment, Zach, that you just referenced about, <clears throat> hey, you know, uh, checkdowns and whatnot. Hey, it's a fine line, but you got we got to see more of that. Basically, we, we got to see more than that, right? I think Teddy heard that, and I think he pressed a little bit day four, which is why you saw a little bit of separation. And talking to people who were there, Zach and I were not at day four of practice, talking to people who were, it was one of those scenarios, Zach, unlike, say, think back to the Miami game last year when we would talk about it often on this podcast, where Drew kind of had the penchant for got to get that mistake out of your system early, 
and then get back to business, right? Interception on the first freaking possession, and then he would calm down and get back to things. It didn't seem like it, I think, for some fans, but he actually, for the most part, did a good job of not letting small mistakes or one mistake compound into, you know, one small hole dug into a giant pit. And that's kind of how it unfolded for Teddy on Saturday was uh, dug himself a little hole. It's all right. Bounce back, climb out. But because I think he was pressing as a result of something he heard his head coach say, and maybe there were things said behind closed doors too. He ended up digging that hole deep and it just became overwhelming in Locke's favor. Because he's trying to be something he's not, which is a downfield passer, you know, trying to, again, use the arm talent he doesn't have, Chad. It's the same thing as making Drew Locke a game manager or making him check it down to five yards, not taking advantage of his arm strength. Uh, so I just think there's something different about Drew. And I've been say- we've been saying this over the course of the offseason. You saw it in OTAs. You saw it in minicamp. He's carrying himself with, with a different presence. I think continuity in Pat Shermer's scheme has done him wonders. Any offensive scheme, just to have it two consecutive years, getting his players back, having a full offseason, I think it's starting to pay off. But I want to put one condition out there because I want to be fair here. Don't say he won the job yet. Don't say he's running away with anything. Don't judge it based on these practices. If your scorecard, even though I don't really keep one, matches mine, three to one lock, it doesn't mean anything. We have to wait for preseason to get here because Teddy Bridgewater still could turn it around. He and, and Drew Locks could still flounder like he did in one practice. So don't jump to conclusions. Just be happy that on each separate day, at least one Broncos quarterback looked good. There's no day, Chad, so far in training camp where the defense dominated both. Either one or the other got up on what should be a top defense in the entire league. So I think it's encouraging overall, but especially if you're a lock supporter because you want him to do well, the Broncos want him to do well, and that would mean the best for the Broncos' future prospects. Indeed. Tonight we're going to <clears throat> pardon me, talk about, because today was a, an off day. Right? They had four practices. And then they're using today not only as rest for players, but it's an opportunity for the coaches to really study the film, get in a room, talk about what they're seeing, right? Seeing if there is any separation at these key positions and move forward. Now, starting this week, tomorrow, Monday, pardon me, the pads go well, shells go on. So you're going to start seeing popping. Uh, In training camp, they don't want you tackling to the ground, but you're going to see collisions, not hardcore John Lynch, you know, laying a hit type things, right? Not... Kareem Jackson on DeAndre Hopkins type hits, but pops, you know, and in certain scenarios, sometimes a guy will go down when he gets hit like that. But that's when we're going to start seeing even more of the separation. And the guys that we're going to talk about tonight, Zach, who have shown themselves to be risers, if they're for real or not, if they can sustain that now that the intensity is going to be going up a couple notches. And guys, we do see what your uh, your comments in the in the chat, your concern for uh, Buona Beast for John. Guys, we do know and understand um, what he's going through right now uh, to a point. Um, all we can say to keep it on a professional level, all right, without betraying anything, any confidences or anything like that, is that he's going through something right now. And when the dust settles, things will be okay. All right. So yeah. uh, we do appreciate your guys' concern for him. We as well uh, have at times been concerned for him, but. He's a great guy. He's a smart dude. He's got a great support system around him. So I can't really say anything more than that without betraying confidence as that. 
I echo that completely. I want to get it back to football for just one second, though, if I could. You know, you mentioned, Chad, when the pads go on and the hits are going to start coming, they're not going to be super, you know, like the old jacked-up ESPN show, which was great. I still miss it to this day. But you're going to see, and I mentioned this on KK earlier today. Thank you for anyone who tuned in with me on KK. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, he ran over, flattened Alexander Johnson in the open field, Chad, put him on his back. So you're going to see more of things like that, and it's a good opportunity to see what the Broncos, when the pads go on, goal line situations, what the running game is going to look like, what the offensive line is going to look like. Besides quarterback, there's some unanswered questions on both sides of the ball, and we're going to, um, I think, have more answers coming this week. All right, guys, a couple quick things here, and then we're going to get back to some content. Connect with us on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, also at MileHighHuddle. All right, uh, give us a like and a follow on Facebook, the Huddle Up Podcast, that is. You can navigate on your browser, facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod, or just open up the app on your phone, search Huddle Up Podcast, like, follow. In so doing, not only are you giving us your support on Facebook, but it also enters you into our randomly selected uh, drawing for some swag, right? It raffles you in. As long as you're both liking and following the page, you're in on that each and every week. Also, guys, kindly consider becoming a supporter of Mile High Huddle on Facebook. In so doing, you get access to our premium VIP podcast, including Kelberman's Corner every Sunday at noon, including the Trickle Zone every Saturday at noon Mountain Time, and Broncos Book Club, 2 p.m. Saturdays, Mountain Time. It's another way to help us keep the lights on. It's five bucks a month, gets you access to some stuff. And then here within the next week, we're going to be unveiling our YouTube membership. And some of these things are going to tie together, but there are a few things we're going to keep specific to the Facebook clan. So if you want access to that, go become a supporter. And then guys, also check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on, get a hat, get a t-shirt. Let them hate. As you see, Zach rocking it proudly there. A little something, something to support the cause. And if you're not in a position, it's all good, guys. Thank you for being with us. We're seriously just stoked that you're here, whether you're live or listening after the fact as an on-demand podcast. Just make sure you subscribe, all right? If you're on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, just make sure you're subbed. Like this video. That's a small thing you can do. Every single one of you, there are hundreds in the room with us right now across all the different channels we're streaming to. Each and every one of you can give us that like. It's a small thing to help us grow organically. And really, the litmus test is number three. If we're doing a good job for you, share this video, share this podcast episode out there. Help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. All right, Zach, uh, I think it would be, I mean, we could go through our own and we will, but I think as kind of a uh, scratch and sniff, as kind of a starting point, as a reference for us here to talk about the risers and the fallers from the first four days, people are saying the first week of Broncos camp, and that's okay, but it was only four days. So I'm saying the first four days of Broncos camp, Eric Trickle had a, had an article. So let's just riff off this, all right? And then anything that we want to add above and beyond this, we can. One of the surprises, and I know you talked about Trinity Benson today, Zach, on Kelberman's Corner, yeah. um, of camp so far has been Trinity Benson. Not the second year, but the first year because he spent you know his whole rookie year basically on the practice squad, so he didn't get an accrued season. So technically, he's a first-year player. But Zach, Vic Fangio gave us a little preview before training camp started saying that, hey, who's someone that could be a threat that we're not seeing right now? And he said, Trinity Benson, watch, you're going to see this dude is a viable threat for the roster so far, dude. He has been as advertised. Yeah, he's uh, proving prophetic with uh, making uh, making that narrative become true because no matter the quarterback, Chad, but whether it's been Teddy Bridgewater, Locke, or even Brett Rippon, 
uh, who, by the way, has shown some arm strength that I didn't know he had in training camp so far. Trinity's making plays, and he's doing this coinciding with Tyree Cleveland going through an awful training camp where he literally can't catch a ball. He has Jerry Judyitis apparently this summer. So if he keeps stepping up, I don't see, and I would hope, and Luke Patterson and I are on the same page with this, teach him, you know, make Tom McMahon be useful for once. Let's let Trinity Benson return some punts. That way you can make him, on get him on the 53. You don't have to carry Deontay Spencer who has one job. He contributes nothing to offense at all. He's purely a punt returner. Benson is proving quite the playmaker. I want that on offense. We have possession receivers, plenty of those, St. Patrick Sutton. K.J. Hamler is a playmaker. So I want them. I want to keep stacking those players. I want the best receivers to make the final roster. I want the best receivers to play with these quarterbacks. And so far, like he writes right there, his stock, Benson's, is definitely up. All right, I'm going to grab a super chat or two here, but the chat hot and heavy tonight. So I'm going to have to do this the old-fashioned way a few times this evening, and it's, it's all good. We'll come back to uh, Eric's article, but let's grab Max real quick here. Thank you for the super chat from across the pond in Great Britain. He says, hey, what do you guys think about sending Locke, Drew Locke, to Indy? 50-50 rep share is affecting Teddy's progress, so it makes sense for all parties involved, in my opinion. <clears throat> Pardon me, in my opinion. Uh, I would definitely send Teddy well before I would send Drew in that scenario. But you know what? It's definitely an opportunity because in case you guys missed it, Carson Wentz, some kind of a mysterious foot injury that's going to keep him out for a minute, right? All eyes are now on Jacob Eason, who is completely untested, completely unproven, rookie last year. That's what they've got to work with. So, Zach, suddenly the Colts went from having a veteran like uh, Phil Rivers to – you know, decent young guy that's got a little experience to now suddenly nothing. I kind of feel like the Colts are cursed at that position. You had Andrew Luck, who retired in his prime. Phillip Rivers retired after a pretty decent season. Now they traded for Carson Wentz, and, you know, Carson Wentz is going to Carson Wentz. He's constantly hurt. And, you know, some Broncos fans earlier this offseason wanted Carson Wentz in Denver. This is why uh, they were smart not to make that trade. But, Max, I understand you're you're kind of trollish, but let me pose one question at you. Hypothetically, why would you trade your starting quarterback, your incumbent? Because more than likely, if he keeps on his current pace, Locke will be under center week one against the Giants. So you say it makes sense for all involved. Maybe for Indy, if they want another young quarterback, even though Chad said they have Jacob Beeson, they just signed Brett Hundley. But for why, from the Broncos' point of view, it makes no sense at all. Locke is likely going to win this job. Why would you cut your cashews off if you don't have to? Exactly. Robert, what's up, dude? Thank you for the super chat. Appreciate you, my friend. You have become very consistent, working your way officially toward true superstar status here at MHH. He says, happy Colorado Day, Broncos country, 145th birthday of the Centennial State. Very true. Yes, absolutely. One of the great states of the union, of course. Appreciate your support, yeah. my friend. Thank you, Robert. Um, all right, real quick, Zach, I also want to grab Boise Man, and I'm going to start reading it uh, as I'm uh, pasting it into a, a banner here for us real quick. Boise Man, longtime superstar, been with us many, many moons. He says, hey, fellas, uh, got my T-shirt. Thanks again. Just wanted to make sure I'm on the list for the Fantasy League. I'm good yes, for sir. it being a paid league as well. All right, that's good to hear. Uh, that's good to hear, my friend. By the way, Boise man, send us that selfie, dude, with the with the gear. We'll put it on our Instagram. Flex you out. And if you are one of those that is, you know, they want you want your anonymity on uh, social media. You don't want to put your face out. 
neck down, my dog. Let's see it. Let's see the swag. It's all good. Thank you, boys and man. Yeah, you're in though, and this is another call. It's August first now. Uh, probably we're gonna, or we're definitely gonna do an MHH fantasy league. More than likely at the end of the month or early September. More than likely a paid league. So again, guys, if anyone wants in, let me know in the chat, and we'll get your name down. All right, a couple more, and then we'll climb back in because we've had some very patient and generous superstars. We want to hear what they have to say here. Anthony, thank you for your super chat, my friend. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter. Because this is not, <clears throat> pardon me, the, the first time I've seen a super chat from you either on Huddle Up or one of the other pods. And so I've tried to find you on Twitter to tag you after each show as a thank you, but I can't find you. So if you're on Twitter, connect with us. That goes for each and every one of our super chat superstars. But thank you, buddy. He says, Drew Locke is my quarterback. I need that let him hate shirt. Go Broncos. Hey, we'll slap the uh, we'll slap the link in the chat. It's there. You don't got to wait. HuddleUpPod.com. HuddleUpPod.com. Go get it, my friend. It's there. It's comfortable. I, I give it my seal of approval. Let him hate, baby. Two more, and then back to Eric, and then we'll come back to the chat, of course. Uh, we got to grab one of our Mount Rushmore superstars here checking in. Drew, what's going on, my friend? Love you. Appreciate you. Thank you for that generosity. He says, let him hate. Locke needs to start. I like Teddy, but he simply can't make all the throws that Locke can. And it's true. There are so many – there's so many attributes Teddy possesses that are attractive that you covet as an NFL team from the leadership to the football smarts to, you know, to his, you know, that, that trickles down into being a good game manager. His mechanics are sound. All that stuff is there, but the oomph isn't there. Where's the, oomph, right? Where's the wow moments. That's not his bag. And it's like, I don't know who first said this. I think it might've been PFF pro football focus, but I've been hearing it incessantly of late. If the Broncos could Voltron together Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater into one quarterback, they'd really have something. Very, very true, Zach. But in that is a lesson for Drew. Hey, you've got the physical stuff that the teams covet. In fact, George Payton said he's got all the tools you look for. So if you want to win this thing, figure out how to convert those tools that are phenomenal into being a better game manager, and you're going to win the job. I always hated those Voltron type of descriptors. You know, it's like we can Voltron Brett Rippon and Jamarcus Russell together. We have quite the quarterback, but you can't do that. So, yeah, I mean, no one has ever used the word sexy when describing Teddy Bridgewater, and that's just the way it is. I mean, the same thing goes for Alex Smith. Those are guys who take care of the football, they check it down when they can, and they play a safe brand of NFL football. And it's really simple. They don't want to do anything to lose the game for the team, but conversely, they do nothing to win the game for the team. And I think George Payton, Vic Fangio want the guy under center, Drew Locke in this case, who can do something with his arm to win the Broncos the game. Look at the Chargers game last year. KJ Hamler, game-winning touchdown. That was that last drive was all Drew Locke. Teddy Bridgewater couldn't have made those throws. D-Dub from across the beautiful Pacific in paradise, in Hawaii, showing that generosity that he so often does. Thank you so much, Dale. You know we love you, buddy. We appreciate you so much. Thank you, Dale. It says, uh, some love from the islands. Hope I can make it uh, back in. Well, hold on. Hope I can make it back in before the season over. It's probably what he's trying to say. To Chad, Zach, and the – oh, hope I can make it back. I don't know, Zach. You might have to help me on that one. But then he says, to Chad, Zach, and Mile High, Huddle Fa- uh, Mile High Faithful, looking forward to the continued progress of the Broncos. I feel like we have some real warriors on this roster can't wait. God bless and go Broncos. Seriously, man, you bring tears to my eyes almost. Appreciate you, bro. If I sat and dwelled on it, it probably would. That Just that generosity and support allows us to keep bringing this content. So thank you, Dale. 
Uh, Dale, I don't know if you can, um, but we would love if you can make it to the Mile High Idol meetup in week three against the Jets. I just want to just personally thank you and everybody else out there as well. If you can make it, we, Chad and I, you know, one of the purposes of doing this is to thank you guys in person for all that you do, and Dale definitely included here. And, uh, yeah, you know, the Broncos, when it comes to the, the roster, it's not just you or I talking about it anymore. They're getting national love. James Palmer from NFL Network had a report today where even he mentioned how deep this roster is. And if things break a certain way, and I, I'll hold firm to this, there is no reason, quarterback included, they can't reach double-digit wins. There's no reason they can't make it to the playoffs with this roster. They are Warriors, and it's there's such a deep squad this year. I'm so excited. Amen. So, Dale, if you can, I understand coming from Hawaii, that's a big ask. Uh, Kiaka, hey, he's coming from Hawaii for what yeah. it's worth, but I know you got Road responsibilities trip. and everyone's life is structured Clean and trip. set up different. So if you if it's not in the cards, we most definitely understand. But, man, yeah. would it be cool to shake your hand in person? We've met on, a, you know, like this type of deal, like a Zoom type thing, but it would be cool to meet you in person, buddy. So yeah. thank you. Last one, Andrew Morrow. Appreciate you, bro. Hashtag. Team Broncos being better than Hashtag Lock and Bridgewater. Yeah, it's all about the name on the front, right? It's all about the name on the front. Put, a, you know, about seven more of those greater than signs because it's the truth. And like Chad and I have been holding firm ever since he landed in Denver the night before the draft. If Bridgewater does win this job, we'll be on here every night supporting Bridgewater because him and I, Chad and I, want the best for the Broncos. So it, it's really as simple as that. Let's root for the Broncos and let's not root for Team Teddy versus Team Drew. I am so over that from the old Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon days. We are so far past that. All right, real quick, before we get back to Eric's piece and continue talking risers and fallers, just a quick shout-out to our Facebook superstar senders tonight, Sean Miller, Andrew Lamp, Stanley Michael Crawford, thank you, Gary Leeds Palmer, Travis Weber, Dave Glassman. You guys, thank you so much for, for what you do. And, uh, you know, we'll keep an eye out for any of your comments, questions in the chat. But also, guys, we've got some, you know, we're working towards the 500,000 stars as a goal on Facebook. When we reach it, we're going to be giving away a Von Miller jersey. And it's going to only go to those who have contributed stars. How do we know who those people are? Well, fortunately, Facebook helps us keep track of that stuff. Here's your leaderboard just for the last week. Okay, you got Peter Middleton, Andrew Lamp, number two. Peter Middleton, number one on stars. So of, of just the last week, Zach, Travis Weber, Claude Riley, Gary Leeds Palmer, the legend, bringing up number five. That rounds out the top five. And then from there, uh, actually, yeah. So then it goes from Gary to Zeus McPeak, supports on YouTube, supports on Facebook, Andrew Baker, Alexander Emmert. All right. And then to see the top 10, Mike Postle. Thanks, buddy. Josh Shadow, superstar. Randy Jones, superstar at 11. And Travis Tarbox. So, guys, we're keeping track, and trust, when we say, when it comes time to raffle off that jersey, we know what names and how many tickets per guy or gal are going in that hat. So thank you for your, your support, guys. I'm surprised Zebulon wasn't in the top. That's a snub right there. But, yeah, we definitely appreciate each and every one of you, and it all adds up, and it all, you know, we, we acknowledge and appreciate every single star that's sent through. So thank you, guys. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. It is one of the thermo you know, dynamic laws of, of the universe, right? Physics. As Trinity Benson rises, someone ends up kind of being outshined, right? Someone's going down, and that appears to be at least early Tyree Cleveland. Now, I'm just going to quote Eric here who says, while Benson is making big plays for the offense, Cleveland is limiting them. He's had a drop on a big play each day so far in camp, and that is killer with how many receivers the Broncos have 
pushing for a roster spot. The good thing for Cleveland is it is still really early for camp, but he has to cut down on the drops. And Zach, the biggest killer in this is not just a drop here and there. It's the big play opportunities. Everyone's waiting to celebrate. All the guys executed their jobs. You got to haul it in downfield, and he drops it. You know, I don't want to dunk on Cleveland. I don't want to be a hypocrite and judge him based on just the first handful of practices. But, you know, kind of raise your hand if you're with me that, you know, you weren't the biggest Tyree Cleveland fans coming into this season or even last year. He he really was just, for the most part, a jag to me. And I think Eric's spot on here. When you have so many other receivers, including a relatively nondescript guy in Trinity Benson pushing for a roster spot and making big plays every day, securing the balls, uh, reaching the end zone, just catching the eye of the coaches. When you're given the opportunity, any opportunity, even one rep, and you're dropping a pass when your sole job is to catch a ball, I mean, all day, every day, stock down. Amen. Brian Greenfield, a.k.a. BG, jumping in with a super. Thanks, buddy. Andrew, got your message. He's going to watch later. Thanks for the stars, bro. Really do appreciate that. Shout out to Michael Ronquillo. Am I pronouncing that right? Ronquillo. Very dedicated listener of the pod, watcher of the pod. You the man. Uh, all right, let's let's move down here real quick. Ju- uh, stock up. This is encouraging. Justin Sternot, the linebacker. The Broncos drafted in the fifth round last year. Suffered a season-ending wrist injury three practices or so into training camp. Broncos fans have not been able to see him in the flesh yet because there were no fans allowed at camp last year because of the pandemic. And then he missed the season. But to quote Eric here, before he got hurt last year, he was being, he was garnering consistent praise from his coaches. Uh, And so far it's a similar program, Zach. He is uh, on day one, for example, was mentioned multiple times how he was flying all over the field and making what would be big plays for the defense in a game setting. And Zach, what makes this all the more crucial is, you know, the Broncos have a solid, if unspectacular, starting off-ball linebacker duo in Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell. They're two young guys. Recent draft picks include, of course, Sternod, who is a day-two type caliber guy that dropped because of an injury, and Baron Browning. And Browning hasn't been able to see the field. Vic Fangio can offer nothing in terms of when can we, when will Browning be back on the field. So it's good that they have at least one of their young guys, not only on the field, staying healthy, Zach, but playing some ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, context is important, though, so I want to point out that Josie Jewell has a little bit of a groin going on, so that's why you're seeing Sternod get more first-team reps, and obviously, like you mentioned, Baron Browning being on PUP, uh, that's the next man up is Sternod, but I'm happy he's making the plays, uh, unlike Tyree Cleveland, with the opportunities and catching the eye of his coaches, and this is all we wanted for him. None of us really expected Sternod to be an all-star or pro bowler this year, but if he can be a contributor off the bench, if he can come into a game late in the fourth quarter and lock down a tight end or lock down a running back, I'll be happy with that. So uh, keep it up, Justin. All right, let me grab here. Uh, Tyler on Twitter. What's up, buddy? He says, feeling like things are falling into place so far with the let them hate hashtag. So far, so good. I mean, that's the thing is like, look, you guys, each of our shows last week, we had from training camp, you know, from Wednesday and Thursday, for example, we had Luke Patterson on. Luke has been our eyes and ears on training camp daily, right? He didn't view, for example, uh, day three, which was Friday, uh, as a win for Drew Locke. He, he, he categorized that one as a win for Teddy. And I respect and I trust what Luke tells me. But everyone's got an opinion. It's like, you know, beauty being in the eye of the beholder. And Zach, as many on eyes, you know, on site media who said Teddy was the winner of that day, 
there were just as many, if not more, who gave it to Drew. But no one could deny what happened Saturday, and that is right. Teddy threw three picks, had one heck, heck of a bad day, and Drew didn't just have a solid day while Teddy struggled. Like He had a good day. Yeah. Like He did very, very well. It's a small sliver of separation, and the only way to increase it, Zach, is for Drew to sustain that level of play right. over time. And so far, he's been relatively – Consistent. Now I say relatively, Zach, because you know some of the bad habits they haven't been one hundred percent worked out of his game, but he's showing steady signs of progress in that regard, and he hasn't thrown a pick yet. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Uh, you know, based on uh, the premise of what you're saying there, and if again, I don't believe in grading practices or keeping a scorecard in training camp. That that does nothing because preseason games will determine this quarterback competition. But you can. It was a push. Based on your belief, based on what camp you're in as to who won the first couple practices, but it's undeniable that Drew Locke won Saturday's practice chat. Uh, and again, even if Teddy Bridgewater did not implode, Locke made enough plays on his own that would cause that separation. And you're right. It's all he has to do is keep up that type of performance. It doesn't have to be where it doesn't let a ball hit the ground in a practice. That's unrealistic to be sustained. But just be the quarterback where you can make a play on offense on the strength of his shoulder and not be hampered by that same shoulder on a quarterback, and that would be Teddy Bridgewater. Andrew Mason, who is a guy that's there every day, whose analysis I definitely trust. He's been in the market a long, long time. You know, he's a guy that tracks stats, even at training camp, and he said that only three of Drew's 15 passes in uh, seven-on-seven hit the ground. So not only no picks, but this dude was – very efficient. So that'd be 12 for 15, right? That'd be a dang good day. Uh, you know, you call it a, a first half. That'd be a good first half at the office. Stu Meat, thank you for the super sticker, my friend. <clears throat> you know, we appreciate you. Get a Twitter account. Connect with us. We'll keep the convo going over there as well. Uh, Doug Henninger, what's going on, my friend? Great to see you. Thank you for the support. Glad to see Locke bounce back, but I'll hold my judgment for when pads get put on and when the preseason games come around. Gotta love McTelvin Ajim making plays. And Zach, as you uh, reply to Doug, I'm going to go ahead and pull up what Eric had to say about Ajim because we heard it from Luke and we've heard it from many others too. This dude has been playing well. I keep hearing thunder. I can't tell if it's me or you. I think it's you, it's but it's, it's, it's making me. me think it's me, but it's it's definitely intense. It's uh, apocalyptic thunder. I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you, I'm like, are the balls coming down? Pretty sure it's Zeus from up in Mount Rushmore, Chad, you know, descending on us today. Um, I think Eric and I are sharing a brain through the first week of training camp because, again, anyone who watched KK today, we pretty much have the same players here. Um, among the standouts, though, I think Ajim on defense caught Fangio's eye the most. I mean, he went out of his way to detail the biggest jump from year one to year two, and it's like a transformative growth in only in a year. And he's had that by having a full offseason of reps, by having continuity, being in the scheme for another year, and getting the playing time, you know, getting some reps with Mike Purcell out. Uh, now he has uh, an injury he's dealing with, so for about a week, and that gives Ajim more playing time. But I'm excited, Chad. I really am. The more bodies on this defensive line, the better, because you think about it, he's your current backup. He is the guy behind Mike Purcell, the highest-rated run defender in 2019. He's among the guys with Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones, Deshaun Williams. This D-line is loaded, and Ajim so far, the cream always rises, and he's definitely rising. And what's cool about it is not only that he's an original round pick, you know, you want to see your draft picks do well, Fangio is clearly a little bit surprised 
Like he's exceeding Fangio's expectations, and that's nothing but a good thing. Uh, on the same topic here, let me let me come back up, and uh, we jumped from let me see Justin Sternod up, stock down KJ Hamler as a returner. Okay, this is a qualifier here from Eric because Hamler has been electric as a receiver, but as a punt returner, he's had a difficult time, and let's just say inconsistent, uh, fielding punts cleanly. So Hamler, it's uh, to me, Zach, it's nothing to really write home about. In a perfect world, you probably don't want him if he's going to be a key part of your offense. You probably don't want him returning punts and kicks anyway, even though he's good at it when he fields the punt if he can secure it. But still, hey man, if you're going to throw your hat in the ring as a potential returner, field those punts, my dog. It's definitely me, by the way. Now it's thundering by me as well, and lightning and everything. So we definitely pissed off the weather gods tonight. Uh, again, no, I'm not tripping too much on Hamler as a returner if you intend on keeping Deontay Spencer for that sole job. If not, you can cross-train Hamler. You have Cleveland. Uh, you, you have Trinity Benson, who we named already. But that's not Hamler's sole job. Hamler has two jobs, as far as I'm concerned, Chad. Number one is catch passes, and number two is stay healthy. If he can do those things, he has way more value, infinitely more value than he would on special teams. So uh, that's where I'll disagree with Eric just a little bit. Hey, guys, let me know if it was just me because Zach broke up there. the tail end of what he was saying there. The Thunder Lords might be uh, mm. trying to interfere with our program here tonight. I need an arc, um, I think. Anyway, let, let, let's grab uh, Zach, a.k.a. Burn the Guitarist. What's going on, my friend? Bonafide superstar. We've had him on the show he says, it's been fun. I've been having fun watching camp. As for the quarterbacks, well, to quote a very angry Arizona Cardinals coach, they are <laughs> Denny Green. we thought they were. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to crown them, <laughs> crown them. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's Good just, time. you know, you got to throw that one up there with Herm. You got to throw mm. that one up there with Singletary. Uh, Mike Leach, know. I'm a man. I'm 40. Yeah, Mike Leach, uh, of course, playoffs, Jim Morris Sr., mm -hmm. et cetera. But, yeah, glad to hear that, Zach. Playoffs. We've been enjoying it too. <laughs> playoffs? Um, we got to talk about Kush. And here's a guy who, in particular, stock way up, but the telltale is going to come when the pads go on. He laid what has been probably the biggest, most notorious block of the first four days when he laid out Alexander Johnson. I think it was a screen, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Um Cool. He's been every bit the physical force at center that he wasn't last year, right? He's inverted that, and that's what these coaches wanted to see. It seems like, Zach, that the shot across the bow they sent by drafting Quinn Miners in round three and saying all publicly we're going to cross-train him at center, you know, we're going to see how that shakes out. He took that as the proper motivation that the team hoped he probably would, but Again, let's see him parlay that next week when the pads go on. And that's when you're really going to see these guys. Hey, are they, you know, are they for real? Are they pretenders or are they legit risers? Cushionberry, uh, you know, if you think about him as a blocker, he had deficiencies last year. I'm not going to deny that. He, you know, he was up and down. But I think one of the bigger reasons why he was down was his conditioning. He needed to put on put on some more mass, put on some more weight, and have a year in an NFL conditioning program. 
he lost that luxury last year as a rookie, and he's snapping to an uneven quarterback situation. It was a whole thing in flux for the Broncos. Now, though, a year removed from that, again, like Drew Locke having continuity in one system and given those offseason reps to build his muscle up, he's looking like a different player. And I quickly, as I did on KK earlier today, I want to take a victory lap because I was like the only one who thought when they drafted Quinn Miners that he wasn't a shoe-in for center that they like Lloyd Cushenberry, the incumbent, a little more than Broncos country thinks, and they have two guard situations. I love Dalton Reiser, don't get me wrong, but he was also uneven last year, and no one talks about that. Everyone talks about Cushenberry or the right tackle. You also have Glasgow at right, ta- uh, right guard. Um, I think he'll do well, but I think he might be entering the last year of his contract. He's also injury-prone, at least last year he was. So you want minors for the guard spots, and if you don't believe us, Believe Andrew Mason, who covers a team for many years now, he said it's Cush's job. Case closed. The center job is Lloyd Cushenberry's, as it should be. Fangio said, you know, is it a competition, Miners, Cush? He goes, you know, no, not right now. Miners has to prove that it even should be a competition. So for now, though, he's handling his business. He's taking care of what he needs to. Zeus, hey, he is Zeus. He's sending his messages through the sky (laughs) and through the Internet. Love you, buddy. Thank you for the support, as always. Thank you, Stu. Always good to see you, man. Uh, Here's one from Andrew on the Book of Faces. He says, we've all seen this before. Locke has one good gamer practice. Everyone's ready to crown him. If you want to crown him, crown him. A franchise QB for the century. And then he goes out the next three games, practices, falls flat on his face. How many more times are you guys really going to do this? Yeah, look, look. What did we say, Andrew? You must not be a, a regular listener of the show going into this. Our expectations and what we advise fans relative to Locke was don't expect him to come in and be like this steady, consistent, dominating, dynamic quarterback. He's going to have his peaks, and then there will be a valley. and peak. But you want to stack more peaks than, than you do valleys, right? So far, he hasn't really had valleys. It's been kind of like this with a spike. The farther he's gotten into camp with reps – it's ramping up. That's what you want to see. Now, Zach, would it surprise me to see him come in on uh, what will be the fifth practice on Monday and have a so-so day or even like a regression type day where he has a little setback in his progress? It would not surprise me at all. But Andrew, if you've interpreted anything we have said on this show tonight as crowning Drew Locke, a franchise QB for the century, then my dog, you need to check your meds, okay? (laughs) How did we crown Drew Locke if we've been every single time we've complimented him, we've prefaced it by saying it doesn't mean much. Let's not jump to conclusions. Let's let the preseason games play out. When he does something that's praiseworthy, we're going to praise him. Same goes for Teddy Bridgewater. When Drew Locke does something that's uh, you know deserving of criticism, we'll criticize him for it. But there's no doubt about it. You can be the biggest Locke hater in the entire world or the biggest Bridgewater fan in the entire world. Saturday's practice was won by Drew Locke. It was no question. It wasn't close. It was one practice, but we have to give him praise for that one practice. That's not unrealistic. That's not, you know, a bias. Is complimenting the Broncos incumbent starting quarterback for having a good training camp practice with the posture and with the condition that it doesn't mean a lot in the grand scheme of things. Let's let preseason play out this month and go from there. Is that easier, Andrew, for you? This week the pads go on, so we have that to look forward to. The following week is the trip to Minnesota to do the uh, you know the joint practice sessions and then the first preseason game. So 
it'll be fun to see. Travis, he says, so far, Locke is outdoing Teddy, so he is earning it. It's not like <clears throat> we got much of a choice. And then he goes on to say, United in orange. What happened to that? I'm so tired of everyone crying about Locke. He is winning it so far over Teddy. We still got preseason to go, saddle up, and ride or die. Go Broncos. Mile high salute. Well said, dude. Well said, my friend. Uh, some reason and ro- logic and, and rationale. And the, the most pertinent words he used there was so far. So far, you can make the case if you want to grade the practices on an individual basis that Locke is ahead of Teddy Bridgewater, and as he should. He's the incumbent. He has an extra year with Pat Shermer, and he should be progressing at this rate. We're not crowning Drew Locke. This is what he should be doing. But Teddy Bridgewater throwing three picks is not what he should be doing. So it kind of works both ways. Most definitely. All right, let's uh, Dave here on Facebook, superstar, super supporter as well. Absolutely. Dear football gods, may the quarterback that will lead Denver to the most wins, please win the job. And that's what something Fangio said uh, Friday because he was very, hey, I haven't seen. This was after Friday's practice, so the third practice. This was before Teddy's three-pick day and Drew's big day. And he was asked, you know, or basically he said, I, I've seen, they've both been pretty consistent. I haven't seen any separation yet. And I can't remember who asked it, uh, but one of one of the media in attendance was a little frustrated by that comment because he didn't necessarily get the information he was hoping for. So he said, well, let's say it's like this all the way through. How are you going to be able to make a decision? Like what's going to dictate which guy wins? And Vic just said, look, at, if it comes to that, when the time comes, I'm going to pick the quarterback that I think gives us the best, best chance to win. So. A lot of rows left to Hozak, though, before Vic is tasked with that decision. Yeah, and and you know, to Dave's point here, I don't care if it's Locke, Bridgewater, Brett Rippon, if they bring back Case Cookus, you know, I don't really care who the Broncos starter is. If they're the best man for the job, they should be in position to have that job. And until they're not, we're going to support them as the starting quarterback of the Broncos franchise. One second, Chad, Tez. I don't know if you're trolling specifically. It sounds like you are, but I'm going to just say this again. If that was Locke throwing three picks, it wouldn't be due to outstanding defense. If Locke had thrown those three picks, you'd be talking about how it's no excuse. And what do you expect? You're going to be facing defenses like that every Sunday. He'll never change. Get rid of them. Those were the talking points. So just make sure if you put the shoe on, it's the same shoe on the other foot, right? All right. Shout out to... Our top star senders tonight continuing to wow. roll in, working our way to 500,000 stars. Sean Miller, Andrew Lamp again, Andrew Baker, Stanley Michael Crawford again, Travis Weber, Gary Leeds Palmer, legend. Zebulon, here he is. He heard his name, dude, through the ether, right? Through the universe. He's out there battling Klingons. Here Maybe he is. Maybe that's what the sound is, Chad. Might could battling be. Battling the Klingons. Zebulon. Might could be. Michael, what's up? Thank you for the stars, Michael. Is that the first time you start? Either way, we appreciate you, bro. Dave, you're the man. Uh, that was a fun discussion for Broncos Book Club, by the way, on Saturday. We're finally getting into uh, John Elway's playing career as a Bronco and the the stuff that's that led up to the trade and all that stuff that got him to Denver. It's starting to get good. So go sub and, and we can talk about it. And then Keen, thank you guys for your support. We love you. Appreciate you. All right, let me shift gears here since uh, we are at 42 minutes. I'm trying to decide what to do about this fly. How much of a fool I want to make myself. I could be like the karate kid, right? Mr. Miyagi trying to catch a fly with the chopsticks. And uh, Daniel San is not, he's sitting there watching Miyagi miss every time, right? Miss, miss, miss. Finally, he goes, let me try. Sits down, chopstick, boom. 
grabs the freaking fly Miyagi, stands up in disgust. Beginner's luck. And he walks off. Maybe if I had a pair of chopsticks here, guys, I would show you how that's done. What are you going to do? I don't have any within reach. All right. Um, all right. Back to Eric real quick here, Zach. And then, uh, you know, we only got a few. We got about fitting 20 left. Uh, let's grab. Here it is. Uh, okay. So <clears throat> we talked about Kush. Quinn Miners. Here's what Eric says. Relative you know, rationale why Quinn is down. While there was meant to be a battle at center, there isn't one. Cushenberry has shown he is far ahead of Miners, and as head coach Vic Vangio said, Miners has to show that there should be competition here. It seems that Miners is struggling with the blocking assignments and the more mental side of things, which really is not surprising for a rookie. He is making a huge jump in competition and doing so at a position he never played in college. So, Zach, that's the thing people got to remember. There's two things going, three things going against Quinn uh, as he undertakes his first pro training camp. One, he came from, what was that, Division Three football at Whitewater? Yes, exactly. Wisconsin Whitewater? Exactly. Two, because of the pandemic, his, uh, what do you call it? Not his league, his division, his league, I guess, right? Conference. His conference, thank you. Uh, canceled football. They didn't play last year. They had one, like, spring matchup type game, and then it got canceled the whole season. And, as Eric points out, learning a new position at center. So cut the kid some slack just because his stock's down a little bit right now because he's swimming as a rookie. It's to be expected. It's to be expected. Yeah, and I think the, your first point you made, Chad, that's why I agree with it so heartily. That's that's the thing here. Just because he was drafted where he was drafted, people automatically slotted him as a day-one starter, where it, 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 in reality it's a big leap going from Wisconsin Whitewater to the NFL. I mean, just the talent discrepancy and the training regimens, he's going to probably need half the season at least to get his feet under him before he can even think about competing for a starting job. I'm happy the Broncos have him. I'm a little sick of the belly gimmick. I'd rather him just be a better blocker than worry about his stomach. Uh, But for right now, the incumbents deserve to start, and that's why center, it's not a competition anymore. That is Cushenberry's job, period. By the way, Jeremy... Hope you get that figured out, my friend. He says yeah. his freaking asthma's acting up, so hopefully he's at the ER. You can get that figured out. Uh, what do they call that? My brother has that the spray stuff uh, inhaler. Oh, I forget the name of the medication, but maybe you need some of that. You probably already know all that stuff, but you know this is not medical advice. This is. I'm wondering if you maybe that's. I don't know. Hope you get it figured out, though, my friend. Get better, Jeremy. Cortland Sutton stocked down before you go grabbing and clutching at your pearls. Let's hear what Eric said. Quote, this shouldn't be shocking with Sutton working back from the serious ACL injury he suffered almost a year ago. He has started off slow by design and has not looked like his usual self out there. On day four, he did have a deep duck, uh, touchdown catch, so hopefully he can take that and start climbing. First three days were slow for Sutton, but again, that is not surprising with him coming back from injury and no cause for alarm. So, Zach, a big part of that stock being down component for Sutton, if it's, you know, you can view that how you want. I don't particularly view it as his stock yeah, being down because I think that was mostly by design and how the coaches decided and the medical right. staff have decided right. to ease him back into action. 
Yeah, they have no need to, to toss him in there from day one full bore when you have Jerry Judy lighting it up and Tim Patrick lighting it up and K.J. Hamler lighting it up. And by the way, you still have some guy named Noah Fan on offense as well. So they have the luxury. It's a good thing the Broncos can hold Sutton back a little, and they're not worried at all, which is the good thing. No setbacks, no aggravations. They're not worried at all for week one. I don't agree here. It's stock down. If anything, it's stuck in neutral. And even that might be a, you know a bone to pick. It's not his fault. He's coming back from that. And like you said, Chad, this was all pre-planned. I don't think for a second they wanted him 100%, you know, playing a full complement of snaps from day one of training camp. Sean Miller, um, we're going to grab you here next. But first, we got Mike to say everyone is ready to crown him a franchise QB for the century. Uh, If you said 10%, it would be a big exaggeration, everyone. Yeah, that's why, you know, when it comes to life in general, but also when you make yourself a semi-public figure, whether you're a journalist, a blogger, podcaster, whatever, you want to stray as best you can away from using absolutes. Everybody literally means everybody, right? So nevertheless, it's hyperbole. Sean, what's up, good? Uh, what's up, guys? Good to be listening tonight. And my question is, did we have injuries at safety or did we just not have very much depth or why did we get so many safeties recently? Zach, go ahead and uh, break it down. Well, I got to pull this up. I wrote the article. I wanted to mention this. So thank you for the comment there. The Broncos signed their, um, their second uh, defensive back in as many, you know, about a week or so they signed some guy and I had to spell check his name. His name is Rogesterman Ferris. He's a, I guess he would be a first-year cornerback out of Hawaii. He was a two-time honorable mention conference player at Hawaii. I mean, he has some uh, big plays there, 25 pass deflections, four interceptions over 49 games. He can play safety or zone cornerback. But to answer the question more specifically, they have who they need at safety. They have Jamar Johnson. The problem is, though, uh, he's on the, I think he's on the CV list, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Chad? with mm-hmm. with uh, Kerry Vincent as well. So that's the problem, is you, you want Johnson to take hold of that number three job or maybe even push to start opposite Justin Simmons, but he's on that list right now. You have Caden Stearns, and I can't – I have to pull it up. The former Chiefs defensive back they signed as well a few days ago. So they're bringing bodies in the building, but these are camp guys. When yeah. the final rosters pair down, Chad, at safety, it's Simmons, Jackson, Stearns, and Jamar Johnson. Yep, and Kerry Vincent Jr., the rookie seventh round corner out of LSU. Pretty sure he came off the the uh, CV list today, so that's good news. He can return to the to the team. Patrick Sertan stock up. The takeaway here, gang. Patrick Sertan, as advertised. All right, this dude is the real deal. At least that's the initial impression. Seeing this dude already carved out a role on defense, going to be used quote, as Eric calls it as a, in a star role on defense, which simply means. He's going to be used as a matchup weapon in the secondary moved around. Translation, as I speculated many times leading into camp, don't be surprised if Patrick Sertan is used as Vic Fangio's neutralizing weapon against big athletic pass-catching tight ends this year because he's basically going to be a matchup. Instead of a matchup safety, he's a matchup corner. You move him where you need him right. to go. He's not Tlaib or Champ Bailey locking down one side of the field, although he'll work into that. He'll eventually – you know, depending on what happens with Kyle Fuller in the future, depending on Ronald Darby and all that, that is what his future holds for him. But for now, because the Broncos have depth there, Zach, he's going to be used as a weapon to really move around the field. It's going to be cool to see. 
you know how like some colleges have the designation for offensive weapon? Well, Sertan's going to be a defensive weapon for Denver this year, a chess piece playing all over the formation. And, you know, his his laudables are very well known, and we don't have to go too much into it. He's going to be a great player and a great pro. Um, but the one thing that's consistent, whether it's been Von Miller or Tim Patrick or Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, Vic Fangio – is that he's so ahead of the curve as an as a rookie player. He's so uh, mature beyond his years. It doesn't seem like a first-year guy just getting his feet wet. It seems like a guy who's been doing this and doing it at a high level for many years. So just because the Broncos have so much depth at that position, you might not see statistically a huge impact from Sertan, but maybe from 2022 going forward, he has perennial all-pro talent. He's that good. Uh, Eric has Mike Purcell on the on the down list, and it's mainly just because you know it, I, he's hurt, right? He got banged up, and that was one of my biggest concerns for Mike because I loved seeing him, his story, kind of being a journeyman around the NFL, cut all over the place, comes to Denver, similar to Shelby, where fights and claws his way onto the roster, and then just when his number gets called and he got his opportunity, he sees the day, gets paid last year, and then that freaking injury comes right after he gets paid. My biggest concern with him was, hey, he's safe on this roster so long as he stays healthy. And so I'm a little bit worried. It's nothing too concerning. I probably shouldn't even say worried. I'm concerned a little bit because now he's hurt and he's got one of those contracts. We could look it up, but he's got one of those contracts that could make him, um, you know, uh, tempting for a team if they needed to create uh, cap space. I don't think it's anywhere close to that at this point, but you just want to see him get healthy yet. Yeah, I mean, he was such a dominant player when he was healthy. And the problem is, though, you can't make the club from the tub and you can't contribute from the tub either. So he ended his last year with a, a significant injury, and he's starting this year with a nagging injury. We, ha- we have to hope there's no aggravations. We have to hope there's no setbacks because when he's in the game, on running downs at least, he, he's literally a difference maker. And the Broncos have utility and value for a player, even in a passing league. So, like you said, Chad, he's proven himself, but he has to stay healthy. Otherwise, it doesn't really matter. Andrew Baker, what's up, buddy? He says, haven't been this hyped for preseason games. Uh, Just praying the football guides shine on us, Lord. Uh, Shine on us. Lord knows we need it. If we blow this season with this amount of talent, it's going to be a big pill to swallow. Most definitely. Very talented. But here's the thing. If Drew Locke turns a corner, even a modest one, this team hasn't made in the shade this year. So, you know, hey, George Payton says, I think you can win with, you know, average-ish quarterback play if you got a good defense and a good run game and great pieces around. But, hey, that's the real missing component, Zach. To go from being a kind of a viable, competent threat on a game-in, 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 game-out basis to being like a true threat for the playoffs – a team people fear. It's all about having that talent, which the Broncos do across the board, and the quarterback to bring it all together. Yeah, and Andrew, I'm right there with you. I am so excited for preseason and Broncos 2021 football to come back, but we have to kind of set our expectations and, and root them in reality. Don't expect this Denver offense to blow out Minnesota. If it doesn't happen, don't panic. I mean, it's still a process. You're going to see plays that don't result in first downs or yardage or scores. It's still a growth for this Denver offense with either quarterback. If you're going to pray, though, pray for no injuries. That's the number one thing from preseason. We want to see uh, uh, you know, an exciting offense, but it doesn't matter if they're hurt, as we saw last year. So I'm praying for 
everyone to stay healthy. Rello Takeover. What's going on, buddy? Good to see you back in the chat. Thank you for the super. He says, I can't wait. Next week, finally, I can watch football. I know, dude. I love it. It's like uh, Christmas for adults, getting football back. Yeah, it's Christmas that's every week for like six months, so it's pretty great. Shout out to Leroy. What's up? In Philly, visiting my mom, says Leroy, and listening to you. Go Broncos. Mile high salute. Right back at you, buddy. Thank you. Um, okay, let me see where we're at. 55 minutes. We got to get going here pretty soon, so let's grab Dennis. Thank you, Dennis, a legendary MHH Super Chat superstar on Mount Rushmore. What's up, brother? Don't mean to change the subject, but what's the story about signing another cornerback, Ferris? We scratched <laughs> the surface on that. It- I noticed he didn't put his first name, Dennis. Yeah, because I can't pronounce it either. Um, you know, he's a 6'1", 180-pound cornerback. Again, he's a first-year player. He was undrafted in 2020, spent some time with the Bears and the Falcons, never played in a game. Uh, but he was a fairly decorated player at Hawaii. I would say fairly decorated. Uh, so uh, it's a camp body because look at the players that are above him already, even the types like Mac McCain, who caught Fangio's eye at cornerback, is standing out. I don't know what they saw in, again, how do you, Rogesterman Ferris, but I think he's just here to stay in the temporary. Hey, Anthony, again, thank you, buddy. He says, I hate the, how long are we going to let Drew uh, get away with being bad? It was one season. We will never find our QB if we don't give them more than that. I don't think he was bad, bad. All right, there's like, I mean, we've seen bad, bad post Peyton, uh, post Peyton, right? Post Super Bowl Fifty, Drew Locke had a an alarming slump from weeks seven through eleven, with one brief reprieve in that comeback against the Chargers. But his first, you know, you got to throw out the Pittsburgh game, got hurt, couple, one, two possessions in. Tennessee game should have been a win. He played solid ball in that game. Should have been a win if not for the coaching, uh, botching that down the stretch. And then, of course, Jerry Judy dropping a key third down in the four-minute drill. The New England game played dang well, dropping dimes as his receivers across the board dropped. uh, Off the top of my head, I remember it being at least, at least three touchdowns. And then he goes into the slump. Then he comes out of it, and he beats the Dolphins. Then you got a kind of forgettable situation, regrettable, embarrassing situation for the league, frankly, week 12 with the whole Saints debacle. And then when he comes back from that, you know, it's he, the team didn't have a lot of success, but he had raised his play. He had stabilized for the most part. So fans that act as if Drew Locke was just some categorical, just ugly quarterback, what an embarrassment. It's far from the truth. It's really far from the truth. I echo what you say here, Anthony. The kid needs time. He needs reps. Broncos have shown some patience. That was one of the big messages they sent to you, Anthony, to us, to everybody. When they chose to take Pat Sertan at pick nine, Zach, we believe in Drew Luck to a point. We hedge somewhat with Teddy, so we raise the floor by bringing in Teddy, but we believe in Drew Luck to a point where we're not going to go take Justin Fields. We could have. We didn't. We're not going to go take uh, uh, Mac Jones. We could have, but we didn't because they want to get in the reps. But it's up to him, Zach, to capitalize on that opportunity. 
Of course, yeah. And we'd be remiss, though, not to mention the season finale. I mean, against the Raiders. Locke made every play necessary to win that game, and it wasn't his fault the Broncos lost that. Uh, You saw what he can do. I mean, you saw in a limited opportunity as a rookie in 2019, he played five games, he won four of them, and he seemed to jibe with a young coach. And the Broncos inexplicably moved on from that young coach and saddled him with Pat Shermer. It remains to be seen what he can do with Pat Shermer, but I don't think last year was an accurate or, you know, fair sample size considering the circumstances and the pandemic with the injuries, yada, yada, yada. And a lot of Broncos fans are making him out to be the worst quarterback to ever play for them. He's not even the worst quarterback since Peyton Manning. I mean, Paxton Lynch and Joe Flacco were way worse to me. So the, the, the vitriol he experiences is unlike anything I've seen in recent Broncos memory. And we're confident, at least you and I, we can speak for each other and let them hate because he'll prove what he can accomplish this year. EJ, one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite movies, Raising Arizona. I love that movie. And yes, there is the uh, uh, snatching of the fly in midair. Yes, indeed. Um, Seth Harmon, what's up, brother? Thank you for the super chat. A consistent, bona fide superstar. Seth, what is Melvin Gordon's ceiling in a running back league rankings this year? Zach, you're you're the fantasy guy. Put on your fantasy hat. Drop some knowledge on Seth. I mean, even in a, a, a best-case scenario where Melvin Gordon is the locked-in workhorse, I, I mean, at, at minimum, Javante Williams is going to be a handcuff to Melvin Gordon. He's going to come in likely on short yardage downs, on goal line opportunities. And there's a reason why Javante is favored among all rookie running backs to lead the NFL in touchdowns, in total touchdowns, in fact. So um, his ceiling as a a running back in the NFL for this season, Melvin Gordon, it's dependent on Melvin Gordon, how, how long he can hold off Javante. He's not a top five guy, even though he's getting paid like one. I really be hard-pressed to say he's a top 10 guy, top 15, only because he wasn't, you know, he was good but not great last year. But Javante, I mean, this is the guy of the future. There's a reason why not only did they take a devalued position, but they traded up in the second round in the last year of Melvin Gordon's contract when he's motivated to prove that last year was an aberration. So I'm not going to, I'm fading Melvin Gordon. I think Javante is the future, and he's going to show that sooner and not later. All right, D-Dub with another extremely, extremely generous super chat that just blows, blew all the hair off the, my head. Look, I mean, it's gone. Seriously, Dale, just very, very moving. Thank you, bro. Thank you. That's all, I, all we can say is I hope you know how much it means to us. You the man. He says, I made it back. Okay, I'm live with you, by the way. Yes, I will try to make the Jets game. Hoping to meet everyone that can make it. It's going to be so yeah. fun. We look forward to that, bro. Yeah, I'd love to shake your hand. I'm sure Chad would as well. And thank you, though. Seriously, in the interim, all we can do is thank you. And, and it's we're so appreciative for all that you do. All right, guys. One or two more, and we got to go. Uh, here is Muhammad, legendary superstar, MHH resident male model, rocking the swag like a boss. Thanks, Appreciate Mo. the super sticker. I wish I could see what it what the emoji is, but acid hippo. Probably the acid. No, I don't know. I don't think Muhammad's an acid hippo type of guy. <laughs> Either way. Thanks, brother. Thank you so much. But, guys, that's going to do it for tonight's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. We will be back in the saddle tomorrow night, Monday, as things get rolling again at UC Health Training Center. We'll have a field report from Luke Patterson, who will be out there. 
We'll see what the skinny is as the pads go on. It's going to be really, really fun. See which one of these risers can parlay that early momentum into some real momentum as the intensity climbs. So, everybody, we I hope you have a great start to your week. Enjoy this training camp and enjoy what remains of your summers as well. And we'll see you tomorrow night. And we hope that the weather by you is better than the weather by us. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in with us tonight, Chad. Have a great rest of your night. Thank you for everyone tuning in with us. And uh, we hope you have a great rest of your Sunday. As Chad said, the pads go on this week. Training camp week two leading up to preseason. Football is back this month leading up to the regular season next month. But in the meantime, guys, be sure to follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Be sure, guys. If you haven't already to follow Chad Jensen on Twitter at Chad and Jensen, you can follow me at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't already, go to huddleuppod.com and get your so you can get yourself a let him hate shirt. You can get yourself a huddle up pod uh, hat, football pre-shirt. We have everything you need, and we appreciate each and every one for patronizing. Also, Facebook.com slash mile high huddle. Like the page, follow the page, and Facebook.com slash mile. Mile High Huddle, uh, big blue button, become a supporter. Five bucks a month, you get exclusive and instantaneous access to Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, Trickle Zone, more to come. Thank each and every one of you for tuning in with those. But if you can't do that, we understand, we appreciate, we acknowledge it. Just take five seconds to do three things. Subscribe, like, and share. Each and every video you see on the MHH channel helps us grow and reach more people like you wouldn't believe. And we thank you from the bottom of our blue and orange hearts. Chad, we are off until tomorrow night. We'll be back in the saddle, 6 o'clock Mountain, um, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos.